Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome. Today we've got Lance Shuttler and today we are going to be discussing lion's mane mushrooms, uh, psilocybin research. Um, now, just before we begin, you can subscribe to my new Rumble channel as I'm completely banned on YouTube and that's nvtvnews.com. Lance, thank you for joining me, sir. How are you and what have you been up to? Hey, Nicholas. I'm doing great. I'm... Uh... Staying up to date with a lot of things, as we both are, and just pushing our things forward with health and nutrition, and also, you know, really trying to affect social change in positive, really large, sweeping ways as it relates to health and wellness. Absolutely. I'm all for that. It's very interesting because I hate the medical industry. The big pharma is very corrupt. Um, they generate $5 trillion a year, and it's... Um, you know, they're not, they're not there for our best interest. They don't learn health and I'm interested in health. Now I have absolutely no idea what psilocybin research is. Where do we begin? Okay. Okay. So with mushrooms that people know about, so psilocybin mushrooms, uh, these, you know, have been used for a long time in different ways. Obviously there's a lot of stigma to it. Uh, but what's happening right now in universities particularly around the US, but definitely also throughout the world, is that these mushrooms are actually being used to help treat different conditions. So some people are actually taking it as part of their talk therapy, like in conjunction with their talk therapy, uh, as they're trying to stop drinking alcohol in excessive amounts. So, you know, people who are addicted to alcohol can actually sometimes benefit from these mushrooms. And this is what this research is studying. And, you know, they're looking at this in different ways. So um, this was actually just published a couple of weeks ago and they tested it against uh, another drug as well. So that's one thing that's been happening. And people have been also commonly using these mushrooms and again, more research around them, around mood, happiness, outlook, and just how we can you know, not be in a depressed state. So they actually studied it in comparison to another pharmaceutical that is used to treat depression. And they found that the psilocybin actually worked just as effectively as the pharmaceutical. Okay. And so this was published uh, in the New England Journal of Medicine. So a very, very well-respected journal. And they were just talking about psilocybin in different ways and how, again, it can be used as part of therapy in conjunction with therapies or by itself, you know, to ad address 
different issues that people might be uh, going through. And actually it's literally even been taken to the governmental level because Thailand is now studying psilocybin and they're about to develop this to do mass adoption of, of the studies because their country has, I guess, more of a depressed uh, population. And so they're actually trying to use this to make their, their people happier. You know, that's, that's what we're being told of this. So, um, you know, they're looking at depression, alcoholism, insomnia, uh, PTSD, anxiety, people will commonly take mushrooms for. Uh, sometimes they'll microdose, like take very small amounts. And then sometimes in these studies, they'll take big doses uh, for more of a, uh, a deeper introspective look into their life. That's what the intention is for it. So that's what's happening right now, Nicholas, with psilocybin. And, you know, there's a lot more, but there's also different things that we can talk about with that. Wow. Very interesting. Because when I've always heard magic mushrooms, I always think of them as drugs. I mean, I don't know anything about them and I've been probably conditioned and programmed by the mainstream media indirectly to think that they're, you know, they're, they're bad. Um, just like a lot of us, you know, we think cannabis was bad because it's illegal, but then it's absolutely okay to go to the pharmaceutical and buy all these manufactured drugs that kill us very, very slowly. So I'm very, very open-minded to what you're saying. Now, would you say this is a natural alternative to antidepressants that Big Pharma has illegally and fraudulently been supplying us for all these years? Um, in my opinion, it certainly is an alternative. You know, it's not the only thing, but it is uh, an alternative and it's being really looked at very seriously now. And just given the number of re reports of people who actually benefit, Nicholas, from microdosing or from big doses of it in controlled settings in a safe place, you know, not, not done in a way where it's just, just for, you know, entertainment, but actually being used for healing and self-healing. Uh, the number of people that have reported that just, you can see it in documentaries, you can see it in articles, you can see it on YouTube videos of people talking about it. It's enormous and it's really growing. And that's kind of why it's growing in popularity is because it's something that actually works. Now, again, it's not every single person every single time, but it's commonly known that if you are taking things over a period of time, small doses, there can be significant effects. And actually, there is a, a paper pu published by Harvard. Just I just saw this um, a few days ago where they're looking at people who are microdosing, taking small amounts of it every day, not, not enough to, you know, have visuals or anything like that enough to just focus in those people were self-reported to be much happier and got more work done, more productivity than those who took the placebo. So very interesting that just happened as well. So would you say it's natural? A hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent natural. So yeah. would you say that because this is natural um, and, and, you know, and used correctly, with and it makes you happy like you're saying and now there's other states which is ironic really because is this a white hat move where we say other states are you know working on more research with this because maybe we're going into the god-given plants that were given to us naturally on earth to so we could use i don't know i mean it's a very good question 
Um, do you think that, um, you know, this is um, absolutely completely natural? Yeah, hundred percent. And because it's a mushroom, you can cultivate it um, in different ways. And that's what these scientists do. Um, so hundred percent natural. Now you can synthesize certain compounds from it. And that's what pharmaceutical companies are trying to do. But, you know, from my perspective, it's not going to have the same effects as what the natural version is. Again, it's like the pharmaceutical model. They take the compound that's from the root or the bark or whatever it is. They isolate it, synthesize it and make it into their drug. And it just doesn't work the way that it works in nature. So yes, psilocybin, the different species, 100% natural. Now, why don't we talk about the states that are researching this, um, why they're researching this, and let's talk about the states that are trying to suppress this and whether those states who are trying to suppress this, are they red states or are they blue states? Uh, th those are awesome questions, Nicholas. So. Uh, I only know some of the answers, uh, but what I do know is that here in the U.S., there's a few cities in particular, Oakland, Denver. Uh, I know that there's more that's been happening, too, that have completely legalized psilocybin entirely. Uh, so you can take it recreationally, just like cannabis and in, in some places. And in other places, psilocybin is, you know, on a different sort of schedule to where it can be studied by these different universities, but not, you know, owned by your regular person. Uh, and then there's places where it's just completely, you know, there's nothing going on. So, uh, you know, I don't know the states off the top of my head, uh, but I would assume that there's certainly political influence around it. Um, and I believe for sure that there's good things going on clearly, because as more of this opens up, it's just like what happened with cannabis that you know, it slowly started and, and built and built, and then it just avalanched to where it was clear, like, you know, if you use this the right way, it can be used therapeutically. When you say that it can be used the right way, could you explain what are the wrong ways? Uh, so with psilocybin, uh, if you're really looking for healing on deep levels, you know, within your mind uh, and just different traumas that have happened, all the studies and all the uh, clinicians that are putting these studies together, they really do it in a controlled way where, you know, they're in, they're in an environment that's peaceful. The, the lighting's soft. Maybe there's soft music. Maybe there's not any music. Um, you know, there's someone there uh, watching, you know, as well. So where there's enough people st on standby to where no one's going to be hurt. Nothing's going to happen. Uh, they're just walked through the experience in a really safe and controlled way where, you know, there's nothing going to be going on. The neighbors aren't going to come over into the home. You know what I mean? Just things that aren't controllable. So that's the sort of the right way. It's like what we call set and setting of making sure that these substances, whatever they are, you know, even as simple as our meals, like in, in, in ingest and consume these different, substances with respect and reverence for what they can do and and realize that these are gifts that god gave to us on this planet and we can use them if we respect them so when you say it makes you happy could you define how happy it, is, it can make you i mean is it safe to drive 
Uh, <laughs> I, I would personally never suggest driving while consuming those. Um, and I, I know that would definitely be illegal. Um, but the mechanism, Nicholas, through how this happens is something called neurogenesis. So psilocybin, there's, it's shown that this actually helps neurons to repair themselves and regenerate, strengthen the connections between them. And so they found when people are consuming psilocybin, different parts of their brain are actually lit up and used mm -hmm. uh, in, in more concentrated ways. So with this heightened activity, more neuronal connections can be made. And so that process is enhanced with psilocybin. Now, I have to say, there is a lot of medicine out there already that's registered and approved by the FDA, where if you take them, you're not allowed to drive because it could make you drowsy and it could make you, you know, there are other, you know, safe hazards because of that. However, these medicines, they're not natural. They're killing us slowly. They're bad for our organs and they cause long-term effects and it keeps creating more customers. Now, with this one's more natural, but I forgot where I was going with this now. Um, yeah. Please. Yeah, so I'll share this. So this, this is the process of what neurogenesis looks like. And we'll talk about this mushroom and another mushroom as well. So that's, that's what, before I forget, sorry, but please keep on this because I, I do want you to carry on. But just now that I remembered, I wanted to ask you, are you saying that actually, actually this increases dopamine levels? So, you know, looking at psilocybin with dopamine and increasing the levels, uh, you know, I don't recall specifically what they're, what, what's happening with the dopamine levels. Uh, you know, there's different scientists who can certainly answer that, but what we do know for, or what I know for sure, uh, I just haven't read that specifically, Nicholas, so I can't answer that question. But with psilocybin, we do know that neurogenesis is taking place. And this is along the same lines of, you know, we know that dopamine uh, is good for us and can be very therapeutic and actually can help stimulate this process of neurogenesis. Psilocybin can also create this process because of some of the compounds within it. So, or, or what it does to upregulate something called brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And what psilocybin and neurogenesis is doing is basically just creating new neurons and strengthening the, the connections between them. So it's really uh, quite incredible of how this is happening. And then there's more really amazing things about mushrooms in that according to the University of California at Berkeley, they showed that what they, they've uh, shown in this study is that, and in this paper is that we humans share about 50% of our DNA in common with mushrooms and only about 10% of our DNA in common with plants. So we share as humans more of our DNA in common with mushrooms than we do with plants. So we benefit massively from the compounds that they have within them. And this is why, you know, mushrooms, all sorts of different mushrooms, not just psilocybin, but lion's mane, reishi, shiitake, uh, portobello, all these different mushrooms have been consumed for so long because we know that, of course, they taste good, most of them, uh, the, the edible gourmet ones, but also that they have compounds in there that we benefit from. So 
one that I want to talk about that relates to the psilocybin, but it's different. It's not hallucinogenic. So it's not, you know, anything like that. You can definitely take this while driving. And that's actually certainly encouraged because it helps a person to focus more. And the, if you just look at it and I'll, I'll explain why it helps you focus more as well. But if you look at the mushroom, you can see, uh, it sort of looks like a brain in that these dendrites and the axons are just hanging off here. And it's sort of like these neurons are connecting. And this follows along the lines of the doctrine of signatures, which is that what's in nature sometimes look like, looks like what helps us as humans. We talked about this last time, Nicholas, and um, you know, it's like the tomato is good for the heart, the carrots are good for the eyes, the lion's mane mushroom, great for the brain. And the reason is again, because of NGF and BDNF, which are two proteins that get upregulated and then help with this process that we just talked about of neurogenesis. So what we've done is we've offered uh, our product here at Ascent Nutrition in a way that it has the lion's mane, it has reishi, shiitake, and cordyceps, doesn't have psilocybin in it. So we're not talking about that anymore uh, for this product, but this has the lion's mane and this helps with this process of neurogenesis and just with brain function, immune system function, because white blood cells are being produced more and just overall nervous system health. Okay, interesting. So how do you consume it? Do you uh, cook it? Do you chop it up? Do you have it raw? So if you find it in nature, or if you get it from a farmer's market, you can definitely uh, cook with it. And what you'd want to do is saute it. And, you know, you can mix it in stir fries or anything like that. But, you know, with our company and our product, we've got it in a capsule form to where, you know, you just get it in, in the capsules and you can take okay. two capsules a day that's actually giving you those mushrooms that have been really concentrated. Okay, and these capsules, can I take them in the morning before bed or before I drive? Uh, in the morning is best, uh, or before any sort of cognitive activity you're gonna do. Like if you're gonna do it to study or before a show, before you know anything where you're really using your mind, very beneficial to use. Also before you work out, it's great because uh, it does help with that nervous system enhancement. And a few of those other mushrooms are good for the cardiovascular system like reishi and, and cordyceps. Interesting, okay, interesting. Okay, well, um, and you're saying that these mushrooms share the same DNA as human beings? Yeah, Some. so yes, exactly. So mushrooms, just, just mushrooms in general, we share 50% of our DNA in common with them. Whereas with plants, we only share 10%. Interesting. Wow. So, okay. you know, that's why I'll show you the most recent photo of, of what we've got. And that's this product of, of the majestic mushrooms where it's got all these different mushrooms in it so that you can take all of them, you know, in a very easy way. So that's what we've done there. And yeah, it, it certainly helps with many different systems in the body because of that DNA relation to them. Interesting. Okay. Well, um, 
Lance Shutler, it's been an absolute honor to have you for sharing that with us. It's very interesting, very new. Um, I would gladly leave the link below so that people can have a look. They can contact you. They could learn more and read more if they wish to. Is there anything else that you'd like to say to the viewers before we finish? Um, I'd just like to thank, you know, all of your viewers, Nicholas, that have supported our company in the past and those that will support it. We really appreciate it. We're working on some really amazing things that really aiming to help a lot of people with, um, especially because of this global situation. So, uh, you know, everything that you're doing is making a difference and certainly people love listening to you and having you, you having people on that are bringing a lot of different perspectives and news and updates on a lot of different topics. So thank you, Nicholas. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. I will speak again very soon. God bless you. Bye-bye.